Good morning. It's uh, 11.07. There is apparently a, a breakthrough. They think they can reverse or control aging. Well, DNA can be viewed as the body's hardware, the epigenome is the software. Epigenes are proteins and chemicals that sit like freckles on each gene, waiting to tell the gene what to do, where to do it, and when to do it. According to the National Human Genome Research Institute, they've been able to make rodents young again. Um, and so the question is, would you take the shot? If you could get a shot that would make you 30 years younger, 40 years younger, would you take the shot? 874-9390-800-529-5572. Brian, I know roughly how old you are. We, we tease each other about this. You're a couple of years younger than me, in all honesty. I, I'm actually a transager, so I'm only 32. You're only 32. No, uh -huh. no, not yeah. your IQ. We're talking about... <laughs> so, if you could take a shot... No. You'd, you'd rather continue to age? Yep. Grow old yep, and feeble? Yep, 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 Well, grow old, you're already feeble. You, you realize... Uh, you know, there comes a time when, okay, I've, I've lived my life and it's time to move on. And I'm kind of in that, in that category that I don't want to live forever, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. 874... Do you think that if there was a magic potion like you're describing, that the government wouldn't involve itself and say that you can't take this? Of course they'll because involve if, themselves. Because it would break the country. <laughs> You'd have all these people Can you imagine overpopulating what the earth. Can you imagine what would happen to Social Security? Oh, yeah. Well, no, it's already broke. <laughs> oh, no, do it's anything. not broke. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. Would you take that shot? 874-9390-800-529-5572. You're, you're growing older. You're more mature. Um, gray hair, wrinkles, little aches and pains. Uh, getting up off the floor is more of a struggle than it used to be. I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just told this is what happens. Uh, your hearing begins to deteriorate. They give you a shot, your hair grows back, you feel better, no more aches and pains. Would you take that shot? Would you reverse aging if you could? They're saying it's, it's right around the corner. They're doing it right now with mice. My guess is that it's going to be a very expensive shot if somebody qualifies this. Because they've clearly sunk uh, millions and millions, if not billions and billions of dollars into creating this. But would you take the shot? If you knew it worked, if you knew you'd get your youthful looks and youthful health back. Or I actually never lost it. Brian, I can see you right through the window. <laughs> lost it? You'll never find it. I mean, it is really gone. Would you take the shot that would make you younger? How many of us have a bucket list, things that we want to do uh, that we haven't had a chance to do? You take this shot, you can keep going. You can keep working 
keep generating revenue, uh, generating wealth. Uh, maybe you take some trips that you you wished you'd done or take some risks that you wished you had. All you got to do is take this shot. You're going to take it? What if all your friends are taking it and you're the only one growing old? Would that make you want to take the shot? What about seeing your grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren? When you want to do that, you take the shot, you can do it. Go to the phones and find out what people are thinking. 874-9390 or 800-529-5572. You can also go to GaryNolan.com. You can send me a message there. Let me know. Would you take this shot if you could and it would, you know, make you 30, 40 years younger? Would you do it? Robert, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you, and good morning. Good morning. I have two two words why this should be immediately outlawed. Nancy Pelosi. You know, there are some arguments you just can't get around. Uh, they're that good. <laughs> oh, 40 more years of the steaming pile of Pelosi. Good Lord. All right, well, that's, that's a pretty good argument, but would you take the shot? No. You're, you're going to get old I, I, and... I agree with Brian. There's a time to move on. Time to move on. All right. Robert, thank you. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank Take you. care. Glad, glad to have you in the Gary. And if, Gary, if you're thinking about it, there's, uh, with this shot, if you take it, you won't be able to see your lost relatives. Oh, you're trying to lead me down a... <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, that's another reason. Well, if you believe that you will, I'm not convinced. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not convinced. But, you know, eventually you you can say, uh, you know, after a couple of hundred years, okay, it's time to go. But you could stick around for a couple of hundred years. You wouldn't do that? No. Uh, let's see what Ross would do. Ross, welcome. How are you? Uh, doing fine. Thank you for having me, Gary. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, you know, since I've been divorced since '95, and what I've learned over the years, I would be in so much trouble if I could go back 30 years. <laughs> it would be a disaster. But in all honesty, you know, I've got both farms paid for. I've got a pretty good uh, stash set up for both my boys. The grandkids are doing well. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll be set up pretty decent. You know, it's just like the other guy said. You know, it's you come to a certain point, I've, I've got the kids raised, the grandkids are doing good, it's time to move on, let the next generation come in, and let's hope that the younger generation can figure out what's going on and get things turned around and straightened out. Yeah, but if you stick around for another hundred years, maybe you could help them get it figured out. Well, you know, the older generation ways is not going to fly in the new, new generation ways. It ain't going to happen. So just curl up and die? Well, I'm not going to say I'm going to curl up and die tomorrow, but, you know, in, in time, you know, yeah, it, it's time. But, uh, there's, uh, there's uh, you know, we grew up old school. I'm 60. We grew up old school. You know, we we did things a lot different when I was a kid. We, you know, we had gardens. We, we, we raised a lot of our own food. Uh, people of today, the they need to learn that stuff. And we've tried, the older generation has tried to teach them, but... The younger guys are just too stupid to figure it out. Well, if you stick around long enough, you might be able to teach them. But if you check out early, well, 
Who knows? They may never catch on. All right, Ross, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. They got a shot. They're working on this. Uh, It seems to be working with mice. You could take this shot and be at the physical prime of your life. Would you take it? It would extend your life. You could live two lifetimes. Would you take it or not? Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 19 minutes after 11 o'clock. Gary Nolan Show on a Froster Buns Friday. They've developed a shot. They've been working on this with mice. They've been able to reverse aging. And my question was, if you could get this shot and be 30, 40 years younger, would you do it? Uh, Because apparently this is going to happen. Uh, Terry says, would I take it? Only... If I could take my intact brain and memories with me. Yeah, that's apparently this, your brain would be sharper. Uh, according to this story, uh, your, your organs, uh, everything. Uh, you'd, you'd just be younger. Uh, if I could take everything with me that I've learned from my mistakes, uh, yeah, Terry would do it. I don't know. You get diagnosed with heart disease or something like that, and they offer you this shot, you wouldn't take it? Scott says, uh, I wouldn't take the shot, but I'd make my wife take it. <laughs> I wonder, what does he mean by that, Brian? I think I know, but I better not say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Rick is on the line. Rick, welcome. How are you? Would you take the shot? I took the pill and it had a little side effect of making my voice sound like this. Is that a problem? Well, no, it sounds like my producer's voice. (laughs) Okay, Rick, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All right, uh, we got a little more ground here before we run out of program time, and I want to get to this. Apparently, and I didn't see this story until uh, today... But a six-year-old, the six-year-old's mother bought a gun in Virginia, and somehow the six-year-old got the gun and took it to school. It was a nine-millimeter. The child may have had the weapon in his possession before the shooting. Administrators at the school... Uh, said last week they uh, they learned the child may have had the weapon in his possession before the shooting, but didn't seize the handgun that he brought to his classroom. He uh, apparently was not a fan of his teacher and brought this gun to school. We're talking a six-year-old. Six-year-old intentionally pulled the gun out and shot his 25-year-old teacher, Abigail Zwerner. She was shot in the chest with injuries initially considered to be life-threatening. Her condition has improved, though, and she has been reported in stable condition at the hospital. So, I don't know how this kid got the gun. Uh, there are rules in Virginia about storing guns with if you have kids, um, and, and I'm not sure if you want to hold uh, the mother responsible for this. She did, after all, buy the gun. But what do you do with a six-year-old that shoots somebody? What? Do you charge them with murder? How do you, 
How do you handle that? And what should they do with him? At the age of six, he brought a gun to school, successfully used it, and who is responsible, ultimately, for that shooting? Who is responsible, ultimately, for that shooting? Is it the mother because the kid managed to get his hands on the gun? Is it the school who heard he had a gun but didn't go after it? Is it just the kid? Is he the only one responsible? Imagine your kid is in a classroom with other six-year-olds, and one of them pulls out a gun and shoots the teacher. It's, it's shocking. It's horrifying. This happened last week. Who would you think is ultimately responsible for that shooting? So you know that there is, you know, there is a rule about uh, having a gun, a loaded gun, accessible to a child under the age of 14. A Virginia law prohibits leaving a gun where it is accessible to a child under 14. It's a misdemeanor. Is the mother responsible? Is only the six-year-old responsible? Does the school share a responsibility? The school knew this kid or was told this kid had a gun. Why didn't they go after him, too? What stopped them from interfering. Administrators at the Virginia school where a first grader shot his teacher last week learned the child may have had a weapon in his possession before the shooting, but did not seize the 9mm handgun he brought to his classroom. The school system superintendent said this. Who's responsible here? Mom for having a gun? not securing it the six-year-old for pulling the trigger essentially does the school share a responsibility for having been told that this was you know in his possession but not stopping him you tell me let me go to the phones i'll start it off with garth on the phone then i'll go to the internet into the interwebs garth who should be held accountable for this I think uh, the six-year-old, the six year old, I mean, cognitively can't, rash, you know, can't put a rational thought together to carry, you know, doesn't know, you know, the actions of what he, he did. I think the mom criminally, they should go after the, the mom criminally and the school district civilly. I mean, the, the, the school district's got deep pockets. The mom doesn't probably have squat. But criminally, for for negligence or not securing the firearm or, or something. So to me, you know, the six-year-old, you know, I don't even know what to do with the six-year-old. But the mom charged criminally and go after the deep pockets of the, of the school districts for negligence and failure, failure to, you know, uh, give the teacher a, a safe working, working environment, let alone all the other parents of the kids that experienced this. They're going to be scarred for life. The rest of those six-year-olds in that classroom are going to be scarred for life. The only, uh, the, the rule that mom broke, the law she violated, is a misdemeanor. Otherwise, 
there, there's there's no out and out law that she violated. Uh, the, the the law says yeah you, you sh if you have a kid under fourteen, uh, they shouldn't uh, have access to the gun. But if that is the case, as apparently was here, it's a misdemeanor. What are you going to do with her with a misdemeanor? I know that's that's so wrong on so many levels. And hey, hey, Carrie, on a side note, yeah, um, you know what really froze my buns? Do tell that there's only one CC's. And I, since I moved away, I have to make a special trip to come to, come to Columbia to eat at CC's. That's what that's what really thrusts my buns. That there's only one CC's, Gary. So have a have a great weekend, Gary. Thanks, Garth. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. And it's worth the ride. <laughs> it is worth the ride. I, I um, you know, if you sue the mother civilly, you're probably not going to get much. She probably broke her into Ten Commandments. Um, so that, that doesn't make sense. Criminally, it's a misdemeanor. I don't know how, how, you know, severe the punishment is for that misdemeanor in Virginia. But is there any way to hold anybody truly accountable for a six-year-old taking her mother's gun? And, and what if the mother, uh, had it in a lockbox, but the kid figured out the combination? Now what do you say? I don't know how he got the combination. Who's responsible? Who should be held accountable? Jim, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I am well, thank you. Well, who should be held accountable? Is there anybody? Yeah, all of them. Uh, the mother, to the extent that the laws are on the books now, I don't care if it's a misdemeanor or not, charge her. The six-year-old, yeah, he did wrong. He needs to be held accountable to some point. Whatever that is, I'm not sure. The school, absolutely. If they knew it and didn't act, I, in this world that we live in, a school could have that kind of information and not act. Whoever that is should be held up to the highest yardarm and swinging all day. <laughs> swinging all day. All right. Yeah, how does a school, especially in this environment, if they're told that this might be the case, how do they not investigate that? Exactly. All right, Jim, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Mom could have locked the gun up. The kid could have figured out how to get to it. Kids are pretty resourceful today. Well, they've always been resourceful. But the school, knowing... Having been told this, even if it's just a rumor, uh, they're saying uh, little Johnny has a, a, a real gun and he's brought it into the building. Find little Johnny and determine whether or not he's, he's a risk. I think if, if anybody is responsible here, it's the school. More than even the mother. And and you know, and she may actually not have been negligent at all. I've seen these little uh, 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 gun safes that you put on your nightstand. Under the right circumstances, a kid could get into that. We'll take your calls on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. Who's really 
three at fault here. Who do you hold accountable? Who is responsible? 35 minutes after 11 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. School officials learned that a six-year-old might have a weapon, and they found this out before he shot his teacher. The kid managed to get a hold of his mother's legally obtained 9mm gun, brought it to school, shot his teacher. She apparently is going to uh, pull through. But the school knew. Who do you hold really criminally responsible here? Uh, There is a law in Virginia that says if uh, you've got somebody in your house under the age of 14, you have to secure the firearm. It's uh, it's just a misdemeanor. Virginia law prohibits leaving a loaded gun where it's accessible to a child under 14 as a misdemeanor. And I'm not sure, really, I'm not sure uh, what the mother did. Maybe she didn't secure it. Maybe she did, but he found a way around it. Kids, kids can be resourceful. But it, her violation is just a misdemeanor. So who do you hold... Really, who do you hold accountable? Uh, Jerry sent me a message. He said uh, that I missed the bigger point. The evil gun manufacturer and ammunition producers are the ones at fault. Uh, they need to be sued to death. Well, that's, uh, that's a scary thought. What do you do with a six-year-old that shoots his teacher? Uh, how do you handle that? Chris is first in line. Chris, welcome. How are you? All right. One on one thing, you don't want to spank him because he might shoot you if he's mad about it. <laughs> uh, you know, kid like that, better be nice to him. Uh, this is one of those, you know, what do you do with a six year old? And I'm like the guy I called in earlier, I really don't think he can grasp the whole situation. I was thinking maybe we should start a pool, and your previous texter there kind of beat me to it. What day of the month will the lawsuits be filed? that the teacher's going to sue the school district, the mother, and whoever made the gun, because I'll guarantee you there's some lawyer from some anti-gun group who's going to be looking her up going, we'd really love to have this case so we can go after Company X and uh, try yeah. to put them out of business. But I'm sure she'll probably be suing the school district, especially if they had some rumor that the kid had the gun. I thought of the stupid deal in Uvalde. Maybe the chief of police of schools was, uh, you know, out to lunch at the time, and they, they can't make a move until he came back to check to yeah, see if the kid back. had a gun. The but, uh, yeah. the chief of police, by the way, uh, described the shooting as intentional. A judge will determine what's next for the child who is now being held at a medical facility following an emergency custody order. Just so people know. That's good. I'm going to get a whole lot of detention, I would guess. But I had one other thought on uh, what went on earlier. You're talking about the Joe Biden, all these documents. See, now we understand why Joe told Jill if she heard something outside to go fire off a couple of blasts from the shotgun and say, had her garden and stuff. Ah, protect the uh, papers in the yeah, garage. That, that's why they were discussing that. You know, uh, you, you know it, it never occurred to me, but I, I do appreciate your call, Chris. Thank you. All right. The world needs to know about that. Uh, Protect the papers. Uh, Scott, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I would say that the mom, if she hadn't locked the gun up, she should be charged as if she had uh, committed the crime herself. And same with the school officials that knew about it. 
Um, I know school officials are mandatory reporters, so if they don't report stuff, they're supposed to be held liable for it. So I, I would say charge all of them, whoever knew about it, uh, with the full crime. So charge mom with murder. Well, attempted murder. You or attempted murder, uh, yeah. Through. Yeah, if, if she, if the, if the gun was unlo- uh, unlocked and she let him have access to it, you're responsible for your child. If my kid goes out and does something, I'm responsible for their behavior. So if your kid uh, is out playing baseball and he breaks a window next door, you got to pay for it. Yeah. Uh, if your kid gets a hold of a gun and shoots somebody, you got to pay for that. That is uh, that's your responsibility. That child, the raising of them, how they behave. Wow, yeah. gotta gotta hope she's not a single mom, huh? <laughs> All right, well, yeah. Scott. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Scott says mom's responsible. The school's responsible too because they didn't follow up. But hold mom accountable. Steve, welcome to the program. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. Um, I think, you know, if mom did not have that locked up, she's responsible. The next thing is, where's dad at? Yeah, we don't know. Uh, Maybe dad is dead. Maybe they're divorced. Well, that's Uh, the problem. That's the problem right there. Yeah. And then you take the kid. I, I know he's six years old, but you take him to a jail and let him spend the day, not in a room, but in there where these guys are uh, talking and stuff, just to find out, hey, you know, this is what it's going to be like if I keep on doing this crap. And uh, the third thing is, uh, you know, just have to pray for this kid. Wow. You put him in jail, it, 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 I assume you mean in a separate cell by I, himself. I, I did not say a cell. You just let these people take him through the jail and let these guys taunt him or whatever. Scare the hell out of him. The old scared straight thing, huh? Yeah. All right. Hey, Steve, thank you for the call. Thanks. I'm glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Six years old, it's hard It's hard to, to come to grasp with that. Uh, ben, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Doing well. Glad to be on, Gary. Um, I'm wondering if there's a possible self-defense uh, defense for this child. Was that teacher teaching CRT? <laughs> just, just a thought. I'm, you know, I, equal opportunity annoyer in this case. <laughs> okay. Ben, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Self-defense, they were poisoning my brain, and I had to shoot the teacher. Oh, I don't think that would go over very well, but it's certainly a good try. Uh, what does William say? The school. Because they knew about and did nothing. I'd have to know where the firearm was stored to say the mom. I mean, kids pick up on stuff so quickly. I know a four-year-old that we have uh, to cover up a number of pads for equipment and other stuff because he's already figured out the combination. You know, there is a uh, lockbox that you can get. You put it on your nightstand. And it's designed to give you quick access to the firearm and yet be locked up. And as you'd put like, I think it's three, maybe four fingers in these slots. And then depending on the order that you push down, one finger, the other finger, uh, the gun uh, safe opens up. You know, maybe, maybe the kid accidentally 
you know, pops the safe open. Just playing with it. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but I think, ultimately, the school, having had information and not acting on it, is even more responsible for what happened than the mother. And and I and, and she may also be accountable. Maybe she did leave it just sitting out on a on a nightstand. Uh, that's entirely possible. But the school, having been told that this is the case, and that's what the story says. Uh, the very first paragraph: Administrators, the Virginia school where a first grader shot his teacher last week, learned the child may have had a, a weapon in his possession before the shooting but did not seize the 9mm handgun he brought to his classroom. I, I think that makes them uh, more accountable than even the mother. Because the mother clearly didn't know. I mean, she wouldn't send her 6-year-old to school with a 9mm gun. But the school did know. All right, callers, hang on. Quick break. We'll be back. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It is 1149. It is Froster Buns Friday. I got some uh, John Kennedy audio. This guy's got a way with words, unlike anybody else in uh, in Congress. I'll get to him in a minute. Uh, but uh, on the six-year-old, let's go to the phones. Dakota is on the line. Dakota, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing well, thank you. Uh, so one thing I wanted to say, kind of a PSA too, I guess, but on my particular gun safe that I've got, it's got the electronic keypad, and I always check the uh, handle to make sure that it's locked whenever I secure it. And here a while back, um, I went to open it back up, and it it went ahead and opened. It was oh. not latched. It was not secured. And come to find out, the little 9-volt battery that is in the keypads if it gets weak enough, it will not secure the safe. The la the bolts will go, but it will not latch the bolts, and you can open it freely back and forth. So always check before you open the safe and make sure those batteries are taken care of because that if I was not checking the safe um, every time that I got in or out of it, that could have been a negative situation, especially with two young kids in the house. First, let me commend you on just having the safe and using it. Secondly, I am stunned that it would do that. Uh, you'd think yeah, they would have some other backup, like here's a you know here's a knob with a code, and you you can use that for a backup. You would think so, but I did some research, and apparently I was not the only one that had had that issue before. And that's actually how I found out that it was just the battery and the keypad that was causing the issue. And I'll bet that stopped your heart for a second, huh? Oh, absolutely, especially with a three-year-old and a uh, one-year-old in the house. Yeah. All right, Dakota. Thank you. What what is the brand on that safe? By the way, do you know offhand? Uh, it was a, it was a Cabela's. It was a, you bought it at Cabela's. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to know what the brand is so I could avoid that damn thing. Well, the the safe itself is actually a Cabela's brand safe. Oh really? All right. Yeah. Well, I won't be going there for any. All right. Thanks, yeah, Dakota. Absolutely. Thank. Take thank care. You. Have a good day. You too. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Speaking of guns, tomorrow is Gary on guns. Uh, from 8 to 10 a.m., and we got Dr. John Lott on the program. I may have a second guest. Uh, in addition, uh, Larry Wayland, Modern Arms, he is going to be on board. 
So that uh, that's going to be a good show tomorrow. He always brings in some neat uh, neat firearms. A uh, couple of things I want to do. The, the, first, I want to start with the uh, Senator Kennedy. He was on Fox News. There be, they were talking about those classified documents. And he's got a line in here. I don't know where he comes. I don't know if he extemporizes or he writes them in advance or hears them and reuses them. But this guy just has the cleverest things to say. Here he is on Fox News. Um, and, and, and you'll hear the, uh, the hazmat line in here. It's, re- it's good. It's very clever. Well, I, I just find all of this surreal. It, it's... Um it's almost like watching a Quentin Tarantino movie. I, I suppose my first thought is that uh, all of this is yet one more example of why in Washington, D.C., if it were not for double standards, there wouldn't be any standards at all. Uh, I'm not surprised that the Attorney General has appointed a special counsel. I'm not sure he had a choice. Um, the White House has tried, and the White House doesn't have enough hazmat suits to clean up this mess. <laughs> Aside from the obvious that uh, the Justice Department is investigating President Trump for something that President Biden himself may have done, there are a lot of other intriguing questions for the Inspector General. Number one, was there a cover-up? Um, uh, the powers that be have known about all this since November 2nd. It's now the middle of January. Was there a cover-up? Who was involved? Number two, what's the role of the University of Pennsylvania uh, Biden Center in all of this? The, um, the Penn Biden Center is not some normal Ivy League think tank. It was. We now know that it's in Washington, D.C. It was a hangout, a clubhouse for President Biden and his people before they were inaugurated, and allegedly it is funded with tens of millions of dollars uh, from China. What's up with that? Um, Number three, what's the role of the National Archives in all of this? The the National Archives was scathingly critical of President Trump and his documents. Uh, They've known about all this since November 2nd or 3rd. Um, they've been missing in action with respect to President Biden and his documents. You, 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 uh, you couldn't have found them with a search party. We still haven't heard from them. What's up with that? And I guess my fourth question is, um, did any member of Congress know about this? I didn't. And if some of my colleagues knew about it, I'd, I'd like to know why I didn't. He's got such a way with where I don't know if he, you know... Uh, writes this stuff in advance or uh, just reuses something he's heard. But but I love that line about they've got so many messes that they don't have enough hazmat suits to clean it up. But he made some really good observations. He has this good old boy sound to him. Uh, All the while, he's just ripping somebody to shreds. Uh, it's, It's a very sharp knife. Very sharp knife. Um... All right, we always hear about uh, voter fraud, and we always hear about Democrats, but Republicans, well, they do it too. And in this case, uh, Business Insider has a story. Republican candidate's wife arrested and charged 
with casting 23 fraudulent votes for her husband in the 2020 election. Uh, she apparently is a Republican. Her husband was running for Congress. Uh, she was arrested. She's She was born in uh, Vietnam. What she did is she visited numerous households within the Vietnamese community in Woodbury County where she collected absentee ballots for people who were not present at the time. Uh, she then filled out and cast those ballots herself, causing the casting of votes in the names of residents who had no knowledge of and had not consented to the casting of their ballots. Also accused of signing voter registration forms on behalf of residents who were not present. In all, they allege she engaged in 26 counts of providing false information and voting, three counts of fraudulent registration, 23 counts of fraudulent voting, each carrying a maximum five-year prison sentence. All this was to get her husband, Jeremy Taylor, elected to public office. Did he win? Uh, Jeremy Taylor ran in 2020 uh, GOP primary for Iowa's 4th Congressional District, uh, represented by, uh, by Steve King. Um, Taylor ended up finishing third. Oops. <laughs> she just needed to do that 6,400 more yeah. times, uh-huh. and uh, he might have uh, won the primary. But, but, you know, that just tells me that the system needs watched, and not just for Democrats, Republicans too. Democrats should be on board so that Republicans can't do what she did. Republicans should be on board so Democrats don't do what they so often are accused of doing, and I believe do. Purge those roles periodically. Make people come down and register in person. Show an ID. It's not that challenging. And eliminate mail-in voting. So that people are confident that the system works it's 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 it, it, it needs to be done all right glenn beck is coming up sean hannity is coming up randy tobler is coming up and tomorrow morning it's carry on guns uh promises to be a fun show because uh whenever you get larry Wayland in the studio from modern arms I have the it, brown station location oh that's right you can't say modern arms without saying the Brown Station location. So listen in tomorrow morning. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Grand baby. Honey, I'm coming home.